facing a crisis in your life or business? Take the helm and steer yourself in the right direction. It's time to take charge and make things happen with your host, Lynn McLaughlin. Good day, everyone. And we're taking a little bit of a detour today on taking the helm and we're moving into the world of business and entrepreneurship. So one of thousands of business owners who had to make the most challenging decision to permanently close his doors is joining us today. Uh, Merley's Coffee House and Eatery was one of my favorite places to go. And Derek could tell you that. I was a frequent customer. <laughs> oh, sure. uh, I meet Yeah, I love meeting up with people there, whether it was socially or with my clients. The atmosphere was second to none. And it was certainly a favorite place for those of us in this municipality, but also a favorite place for visitors who came to see us. So Derek Droulard was the owner of Merleys for about a year and a half before he had to make that decision. And he had an average of 4.9 out of five ratings from customers. That tells you something as well. So, you know, it's a loss for our town in Kingsville. It was a difficult decision for Derek. We're gonna talk about all of the things that happened since last March, how he came to the decision to close, and we're going to talk openly about uh, some of the things we wish um, our government had done differently in terms of things that were offered or could have been offered differently to our business owners. So Derek, thanks so much for joining us today. It's so great to see you again. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Well, let's take a step back. Let's go back to, uh, let's go back to March. Let's go back to March and all was well and good. And talk to us what Merleys looked like back in that time, because you had a lot happening. Oh, well, I was very lucky because Frank already established an amazing business and had tons of regulars. So I just basically got to walk into a roaring success. I didn't have to do much. I added a few things here and there, just, you know, as everyone does over the years of a restaurant, things change a little bit, but we were doing amazing. We had, we just got in the TripAdvisor Hall of Fame uh, because we've been, had really good rating for over five years and the, the ratings kept coming in really good and we we're getting lots of new people. I was tracking to see how many people were actually new and there's quite a lot. So everything about it was booming. Just, yeah, I guess that just came to a swooping halt though, but yeah, that's what, how it goes, I guess. Eh? <laughs> yeah. But it wasn't just booming in terms of your restaurant, what you were doing for the community. Let's talk about artists alone and uh, how unique was in terms of supporting artists in, in the community, the artwork that you had, you know, across the entire restaurant. I mean, people would just come in and sit, literally sit there during lunch, enjoying their coffee and pick something they wanted to purchase. But you also supported musicians with live events. Oh yeah. We had hundreds of artists. It was, it was almost impossible to keep track of them all near the end because we just kept getting new ones and new ones coming in. Yeah. So I give, Frank Merlihan originally thought of the idea. That's the Merley of Merleys. Merlihan, that was his nickname. He's traveled a lot and he's seen some cool places where they did similar things, supporting local artists and, you know, making it a really comforty, homey vibe because everyone in there is a kind of like real supporter of friends and art. And he took that and made the place. And what I tried to do is just keep what he did going. So. I really appreciate that he actually set up an amazing idea and, and when he retired, I was able to just walk into that because I did not, quite honestly, I, I did not even have any part of thinking of that myself. That was all him. So I got to thank him for that. 
But you had been by his side almost for quite some time, right? Working yeah. in the restaurant? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I, I, I came on since almost the beginning. Um, I, wasn't say, I wouldn't say I was integral from the beginning, but I, I was there. And then as the years grew, I sort of took over more responsibility. And then when he retired, it was just the right time. Mm -hmm. He remained your landlord as well, right? He still owns the building? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, very good friend. He came in, helped. He honestly helped cook all the... He did. He, he helped teach new chefs. Um, mm -hmm. He helped teach pretty much everyone everything. He, he was like, kind of like a mentor, helping me start the business and run it also. Besides just being a landlord and the one who, who let me take it over. It's, it's quite a legacy that we've had to say goodbye to. So let's go back to March. You were, you were running events for artists in the community and then boom, COVID hits. And if we go back to that time, you as restaurant owners didn't have a lot of choices to make. What were you grappling with when, when that news hit, Derek? Well, I actually, it, it went beyond the actual, what we had to do. I myself am fairly like concerned about catching the virus just because like I've had pneumonia as a child and I have some scarring on my lungs and I heard it, it's a little worse if you've had that. So I'm, I just shut it down so that I personally, me or my, like my girlfriend works there with me and we're there all day, every day. And if I, I couldn't see myself even being brave enough to go to another restaurant to eat. So I, I just, I thought lots of people would think the same way that I did and they wouldn't even want to go to an actual restaurant to eat until they had some sort of clarity on severity of the virus or anything. So we just shut it right down, didn't even do takeout or anything because I, I heard all these weird theories of people washing their groceries and whatnot. So I'm like, okay, what's safe? What isn't? I'm just, I really don't need to risk it. There's no point. So I'm just gonna, you know, chill till we get an actual word. And until this point, I don't think I still actually know any more than they do about the virus. They seem to be learning new things every day. Well, and it's true. When you go back to March, people washing their groceries and, you know, we didn't have, we didn't have uh, municipalities weren't even at the place where they were making decisions about masks now, or, you, you know, there was, there was a lot we still didn't know. We know a lot more now in terms of how it's spread by yeah. surface or not on surfaces. Uh, but you had to make a decision at that time based on what we knew, which <laughs> was a lot of what ifs, right? Right? Oh, yeah. There uh, was so much. I, I kept hearing actual news telling me two opposite things to the point where I'm like, I'm not sure what to believe. I don't even know, like, I'm just going to stay away from it because it's either as severe as they say or it's not. And I'm, either way, I don't want anything to really, I don't want to test and find out. Okay. So at that point, you made the decision to close, but not close permanently. You were shutting down, kind of waiting things out. That was March. Um, and then we came through where I believe the government was offering uh, subsidies so you could pay partial wages for employees. And they came up with a government uh, uh, loan as well. Let's, let's talk about those two things. Um, you had opted out for your own personal reasons and professional reasons, looking out for your safety and the safety of all of your customers. But let's just say you were thinking about going back in and taking advantage of one of those two things. What, what would that have meant to you? Well, it was, I'd say about 30% the money and 70% actually me not, like, not actually wanting to be around, like I was staying home type thing. And mm -hmm. like, it's, it's a small business and I can't just, I didn't feel comfortable just leaving it with, with other people just to run it while I stayed home. I'm not that type of business owner. I'm very involved. Like, I like to see what's going on. Like, not obsessive. I just like to know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So the decision was not based on money at all, almost. Like I have, I, I own my house. I've, I have business online. Like I enjoyed doing that. I loved the place. I would have hung out there for free almost because it was like you're hanging out with friends having coffee all day, right? Mm-hmm. Granted, there's a little bit of work here and there, but like it was a really good time. It, it became down to, we were doing really well too. It, I was willing to lose the fact that it had a really good business going, making good money. I was willing to not accept money over health to the point where I, I still almost, like I still can't grapple with the terms of even like going like to a bar or restaurant right now. Like I would, especially with what's going on, like, and I, I, I support all the bars that stay open. I really, I don't want to like say, oh, you're crazy if you go out to eat. Just me personally with my, like, I'm really, I couldn't see myself doing it and I still can't. So it's hard. It's hard for me to like, actually, besides any of the money, like if I wanted to go get, get all the government grants and do all that, which I know very well about, because I actually, me and Frank talked about it quite a bit. We racked our brains trying to think of actual ways where this would make sense safely and not just become a money dump. And we could not think of anything. There's no way to, to, to do it properly without either losing money or being unsafe. And yeah, that's pretty much was the decision based on it. But I will go over the government stuff later anytime if you want. Like I can, we can talk about that too. Well, yeah, let's jump into that right now. So there was a, a loan, I believe, of $40,000 offered. It was a, you know, uh, let's offer the same amount of money to every business across the province when they're, you know, uh, they're totally different entities. So, I mean, if you're, yeah. <laughs> obviously we were thrown into this and our government was thrown into this and they're trying to find solutions at the beginning. And we could talk about um, CERB as well. And it was $2,000 period, everything, everybody was the same thing, regardless of the circumstances. You know, there were parameters, of course, business loans of 40,000, but you know, that didn't work for a lot of people, did it? Well, yeah. Unrelated to me again, this, that was a topic we were discussing earlier where they gave a blanket amount of money to every business and businesses have exponentially different operating costs. So you've got, you've got the companies that raked it in off the loan, barely needed any of it. And then you've got the companies where it barely even made a scratch. Right. So I was talking to, uh, people that own businesses and trying to get their take on it. Frank knows many business owners in Toronto. He was getting their take on it. We're trying to figure out, we found that a lot of them, the, the government loan that they gave out didn't even scratch a dent in their actual bills. Like if their, if their landlord did not want to take part in the actual, the part where they subsidize the rent a little bit, the loan barely made a scratch. It barely even paid one month's rent for these places in Toronto that have like, you know, $20,000 rents operating costs way above that. And, yeah, and, let, and let's be clear. It was a loan, not a grant. So that's money you're paying back as you're dig- digging. Your deeper. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, there, there was a, the terrifying story, which actually one of them really shocked me a lot is a guy took the entire loan, spent it immediately on having to do his operating costs, redo everything, pay for rent, lost revenue, and then went out of business immediately right after it still didn't even help him. I was like, wow, so do, you, do you owe that money even after trying? That's harsh. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my operating costs, I actually had very low. Like To me, that was way more than I would even 
way more than I'd need in a million years. So it was, that actually would have helped quite a lot, but definitely not the reason that affected anything I did. But for other people, I find it shocking that, yeah, they, they have to pay that much money every month just to operate and they have their houses tied in the business. And then the government just is, they did the one blanket thing, which was nice, but it's, it's harsh for people that have to pay a lot more. Or have children and their sole income is the restaurant or the business that they own. And that's what their entire family is, is relying on, right? That's another thing I want. Yeah, I was talking about with you earlier is that if I had my life tied into this, I would by far ride it out. And I, I, I expect people that have invested lots and have maybe their houses tied into it, they would ride it out too, because you don't want to lose everything. This could go away very soon and you could be right back to where we were, take a small hit and then you're back and doing good business again. Um, the people that have ridden it out and have gone as far as they can and have now lost everything, maybe that advice wouldn't be good for them because you can only ride it out so long. Like what if it goes out two, three years and you're losing money every month? Mm -hmm. That that's a decision you got to make. And it's, it's going to be a terrible decision to make to people that have actually put second mortgages on their houses and whatnot. You, you know, all the taking extremely high interest loans, whatever they needed just to get out of this situation only to have it continually get worse. That's a nightmare scenario. I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. No, and the level of stress and anxiety and worry oh, yeah. and fear and addictions and all of it is increasing. Uh, I just read a study from the Center of Addictions and Mental Health uh, in hospital in uh, Toronto, which is a, our largest teaching hospital. And the survey they did is quite shocking in terms of the percentages. We're talking 20 something percent in the stress levels and the anxiety and the binge drinking. All, all of this that it's imposing on people, it's really quite something. Oh, I can imagine if you... If you already have a stressful, really, some of these restaurants, like for me, it was kind of, it's a small place, right? I have, I'm working with my girlfriend all day. It's all friends coming in. It was a, kind of a casual, chill experience. But imagine going from like, you're already in a stressful kitchen, right? You're busting yourself trying to make your business work. It's, it's hellish enough. I know how restaurants could be. Then throw this on top of that. And you're going to create just, uh, you know what I mean? It's going to be an nightmare situation. Right. So let's go, let's go back. So March has happened. You're moving on. You've made the decision to stay closed. Uh, uh, many restaurants in Kingsville were doing tape at takeout. We were delayed in moving to phase two because of things happening in our area. But you had made the decision because I, I saw your last post was July 20th, where you sent the message to the community closing permanently. And I remember walking downtown and there was the brown paper, you know, in the Murley's window with your message. And I just stopped. It was like, oh my gosh, another one because at least three of our other restaurants have closed and some additional businesses as well. And that's just in our small community, thousands, thousands across Ontario um, have closed as a result of this. Now you made that decision um, and you've already explained um, why, but how did that, how, what was the process? Because what about all of that art that was up in your, you know, at Murley's where individual local artists, what was the process that you had to do to shut down? Well, actually me and Frank were both, talking quite a lot during that time and trying to figure out situations that would make he he went and got an actual curator to uh called all the artists and had him come in and they all came in I, i'm sorry I, I wasn't there to see it frank because frank lives literally in the building so he just took mm -hmm. care of it but they were all coming in and crying and like it was like 
one after the other and like it was so sad oh my god but those were again like a lot of frank knew them almost if not more there than me because like he was there every day for eight years well it's it's uh, every time someone comes in and takes a painting away it's a it's a one more step to that door finally closing right yeah, yeah it was a decision that was made over three months of discussion and thinking we just kept thinking we we would we'd have talks and think about what to do and every decision just seemed this is insane this is an insane situation if, if you can get out of it let's get out because mm -hmm. it's not going to be fun going forward with this <laughs> like having a fun little coffee shop as a side business ain't going to be a thing when it becomes a nightmare and you're worried about getting COVID every day. <laughs> right. And I, I mean, I think about uh, some of the other restaurants and some of the unique solutions they found. It's really quite something. I mean, just getting plexiglass to divide up spaces back in that time was hard to do. Other restaurants have got heaters now to try to get them as far into possible in, into the fall. We've had glorious weather actually for a lot of the time. Um, you know what? But then the question is, and I've spoken to other business owners, we're, we're coming into phase two. We've got red zones in Ontario. We're in yellow here in our county. What happens in those winter months and can these business owners that have been holding on for so long um, by a thread make it through the winter's months? That is also another fear of the, the talk of the second wave mm -hmm. where there was talk almost immediately from the beginning about it. So that, that just makes, once they started to relax, it made it a little more right around the July where they're doing the open streets. I kept hearing talk of second wave and, and that, uh, that was pretty much the nail in the coffin right there when it actually started yeah. to show up. Well, I mean, we listened to our scientists, right? And we, we should be learning from the Spanish flu and yep, they said it was coming and it's here, right? Yeah. So, and, and people are, you know, some people are tired of it. We have people who are protesting it. Everybody's looking at it from their own point of view, but the bottom line is um, some of our hospitals are filling up. They're filling up again. And uh, we've had time, right? Since the initial, we now have PPE in place. We now have ventilators to go. So, I mean, that whole premise of let's try to ride this out so we can get as much time as possible and not overwhelm our emergency rooms at the beginning, we did very well with. And now we're worried about what's about to happen. But let's talk about what you're doing now, Derek, because, you know, you, you, you had something to fall back on which is fantastic, which has put you in a place where you're feeling pretty good about today, right? Well, I've had something to fall back on since I was 14 years old. I've mm -hmm. had a business online. So it, it kind of just ballooned from there. And it's, it's to the point where I had it automated so I could actually not do anything and go try running a restaurant a little bit, stuff like that. Um, I just basically took back over the helm a little bit instead of leaving it to other people. So now that I'm back at home. And I also started a Twitch stream, which is going awesome. <laughs> I'm not going to put a shameless plug in right now. Don't worry. <laughs> well, I know, but I'm sorry. I, I have to ask the question. What's a Twitch? Oh my gosh. I'm embarrassed. Okay. What's a Twitch? What is a Twitch stream? <laughs> uh, without, without going crazy and boring everybody, but like I've competed in a lot of online games. That's where my, my business comes from. Actually, I I generated income from playing these games my whole life enough to actually buy a house. And like, so everything I do is just on the side at the moment, but I actually stream on a channel. I just started it, but it's people, you stream yourself playing games and people watch and they subscribe to watch you play a game. That's sort of my retirement idea. It'd be, it'd be amazing if I could just sit and play games all day, right? And have people watch me and subscribe. 
I'll have to tell my sons about them. They're probably already following. I don't oh, know yeah. Tell them to follow that. me. I'll give you my link after. Okay. Okay. Well, you know what? We'll include the link for everybody. How's that? How's that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm living it up right now. I'm having a good time. I, I honestly, I'm kind of a, I was always a homebody type. Uh, if you just put me in a room with a computer and some internet, some some current games that I'm playing, like I could sit there all day and be in, I'd be in paradise. So I also have a very serious virtual reality setup, like me and my girlfriend both. Like we have, I have like a top of the line VR setup and computer here. So I just pop that headset on and I stream myself in virtual reality and people watch. It's a great time. I guarantee we, we, we'll go into like environments where we're ghost hunting together on virtual reality and stream it. People subscribe to the channel and watch. It's kind of like the dream job you wish of as a kid where can I play video games for a living? And I've, I managed to wait to figure it out when I was young in high school, but it was very tedious the way we do it. We were generating sort of incoming games and reselling it to people for third parties. Now, now just based on the fact that like I own my house and everything, I, I don't really need to go out of the way to go too far. I can mm -hmm. have a good time and just stream myself having fun and it's not tedious. Who would have thought, who would have thought that would give you <laughs> And you know, this old fogey here, I, I also am legally blind in one eye. So that whole 3D thing, well, my son's got two screens beside him when he's gaming and can, and I, I literally go, I, I get dizzy. I can't even do it. So it's too overwhelming for me visually and in, in processing. I don't know. And I, I think I probably, I don't know anybody else that that happens to. It's just me. <laughs> oh no, VR, virtual reality is a lot to take in for your first time. Like it makes some people dizzy. Some people get terrified. Don't feel bad at all. It's it's not for everyone. <laughs> we, uh, I met up with five girlfriends before COVID. Um, what's the name of the place on Wyandotte in Windsor, where you basically are sitting with your, you know, six chairs back to back and you're in this game and you have to work together to get through to the goal, to the end of the game and figure out the puzzles along the way. That was really awesome. But I did have to close my eyes and look down several times while we were playing. So, yeah. but awesome. You know, virtual reality, go for it. Learn something new. Follow Derek at the end of this podcast. We'll uh, release the links for you. <laughs> and, shameless uh, plug anytime. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, Derek. So let's uh, let's jump back into Kingsville. And the Red Lantern that used to be back on another street in town is now moving into the uh, the establishment where you had Murley's, uh, and that's Craig. So talk to us about how that transition is happening. The owner of his building sold, and he had to find a good place. So. It was perfect timing. Why not another coffee shop? Like, literally, and he's a great guy, and his coffee's awesome. I, I plan on going there as soon as this is all over quite a bit. I actually own a house right in town, right, like, a block away from the place. Like, that's why it was nice owning that restaurant. I was, my house is really close. But, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I, I'm excited for him. I'm happy. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be in there myself. Wonderful. Well, we look forward to running into you again and to all of the other business owners, not only in Kingsville, across Ontario, across Canada, you know, globally, um, you, you have a different set of circumstances. You don't have children, but um, you still had something to step into. Some people do have something to step into maybe from their past that they can, you know, bring up again and, and re-envision it for 2020. Let's, let's just give it 2021. Let's just forget about 2020. Or, 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 or you maybe are starting to take some, going back to school, taking some courses, taking advantage of some of that um, government income while you find your new why, right? Um, I just hope as people are making those decisions as you did, um, that there's still some hope, you know, and that's gotta be tough after many, many years of, 
of running something like a restaurant and having to say, I have to walk away. Yeah. And again, I don't want to paint. I know I painted sort of a bleak picture. Like I'm more of a. No, you didn't. I'm more of a <laughs> pessimistic business person in that I look for every problem that could happen. And there's a lot of people that have a lot of faith and they want to, they want to just, and those are, we need people like that. We don't need people like me analyzing every little problem that could go wrong. And this is why I can't do that. So I'm really glad we have business owners out there that are willing to stick with this and actually lay their entire lives on the line just to keep small business alive. Mm -hmm. Like they're willing to lay their house on their family income. Those people are the true heroes and they deserve all the credit and whatever government help. I, I hope they get it. Kingsville has a very active business owners association, the BIA, right? Yeah. And uh, I mean, you see, you see them going back and forth to visit each other, not so much in COVID, but to speak with each other, to support each other and those meetings that are occurring and council is involved to the, whatever degree they can be, which is that whole collaboration is why Open Streets was able to happen in the summertime, which kept a lot of business owners afloat. And the Eat, Dine, Kingsville group, they're a great, great group. They're supporting each other a lot. We were in communications for a while till I gave up. Uh, it was a good, they're a great group. There's about 10 or 12 restaurants, I think, in there right now. And they're all working together to get publicity for themselves. So I put a shout out for them too. They're really trying their hardest to make restaurants work right now. They're and all great many, people. And many of them have won awards as well. Oh, very. They're all like Metawaz, like they're great restaurants, great restaurants. Yeah, I don't want to leave anybody out. I know Metawaz has won, Jax has won. I think the Maine has won. Yep. El Diablo, Call Sani's, um, Red Lantern's getting in on it, Greenheart, uh, Koi Sushi. God, they're, they're st it's starting to grow. The challenges are real, right? Every single yeah. person who runs a business is, is facing those decisions. Each, okay, this has been thrown at me. Imagine, I can't imagine what you were faced with. Okay, if I'm going to open, I have to move my tables this distance apart. I have to sterilize this often. If you were a hairdresser doing uh, personal service, for example, my goodness, the restrictions and the rules that you had to follow were very overwhelming. Yeah, so those are yeah. tough decisions that people have to make. And if you if you say yes to one, I mean, the rules have changed. How many times have they changed as we learn more things and we see outbreaks and, and the government is changing the rules and now we're in red zones and there's a lot to wrap your head around. Um, but this, I think the support, the support of each other and the support that you were as part of the community and our community is, is continuing. Eat, Don Kings, all those business owners coming together in support of one another. That's, that's what's going to get us through this. Anybody who's alone and trying to figure this out alone, don't do that. Reach out. Reach out. Forget about if you're Definitely. in Kingsville, Windsor, or Leamington or Amherstburg or whatever. Reach out to other business owners who are struggling because we all learn from each other. Even your local Facebook municipality webpage, anything you can do, you'd be surprised how much support you could probably get. For yourself because people want to support small business right now they just want to do it without being they're afraid to go out but they want to support them so it's a kind of like just got to let them know you can verbally support them too. so mm -hmm. support them on social media give them a shout out tell so that that way they know they have fans that are going to come back as soon as this all goes away and even uh, accounts and financial advisors have had to learn over and over. There's a new announcement. There's a new rule. There's a new, there's something else that you can claim. There'll probably be more claims for 2020 for business owners than there have been in the past. So those are all things that we all need to be oh, looking yeah. into, right? I had to hire a bookkeeper to do all of it. Like it was so much. Um, throwing that on top of there, you're going to need like, if you're doing it yourself, you might need someone soon. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
someone who's been following all the rules and the regulations and can help you to get back as much money as possible or pay less than you have been in the past and yeah. your taxes possibly. All right. Any help you can get, definitely a professional might be able to get in there. Uh, Derek, so what guiding words would you have to business owners maybe right now who are, who've come to the decision that they need to close? It's not the end of the world. Trust me. You'll appreciate when you don't, when you don't have to worry about your business every day, you'll appreciate life a little more possibly. And it might open up a lot of people get stuck in their business and they refuse, even if it's going wrong for other reasons other than this, they refuse to let it go and it eats them up inside. I've had to do it before. It's not a, if you let go of a business, it's not a big deal. Just consider it like a new relationship. You're going to find something else to do that's fun, right? You're going to explore another avenue. Well, thanks very much for joining us. It was nice to see you again, Derek. And when the Red Lantern opens up and uh, you're visiting, maybe we'll run into each other again. And I know uh, uh, the rest of the Kingsville community would love to see you again as well. And thank you for, uh, for joining us today. Much appreciated. Oh, yeah. You'll see me every I'll be that guy that's in the coffee shop every day if you let me. Don't tempt me. Well, and on that note, everyone, have a safe and healthy day. Bye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> Thanks for listening. To learn more from people who are steering in the right direction, go to lynnmclaughlin.com and search the archives of every interview or subscribe to this podcast feed. A new episode is published every Wednesday.